As the final piece of Super Bowl confetti is disposed of in Tampa, a new number one quickly emerges 200 miles north. The Jacksonville Jaguars, with a one in their 2020 win column, find themselves atop the NFL's latest display at the NFL Draft. Is Trevor Lawrence the guarantee? Will Urban Meyer's NFL debut deliver? And what will it take to get Duval back to the top of the AFC? Hello, everyone, and welcome to 32 Blueprints, a 2021 off-season series visiting the 32 plans in motion to bring your team the Lombardi Trophy. I'm your host, Den. I'm at KeepPoundDen on Twitter. Joined each week by the one and only Antoine Staley. You can find him on Twitter at Antoine Staley, and you can find this series on the podcast platform of your choice, as well as on intentionalgrinding.com. Today we're talking Jaguars, Antoine, and happy to be joined by our friend James Johnson. He's at SportsGrindDawn on Twitter, uh, writes for the Jaguars Wire USA Today, and the Believe in the Jaguars podcast, and we're going to have him on today to help us believe in the Jaguars going into 2021. Uh, thanks for being here, James. As an outsider looking in, you know from going toe-to-toe in the 2018 AFC Championship with the Patriots to a new coach, new GM. You guys got new primary uniforms, I think, yeah. it seems like. Uh, and, of course, the the first pick in the NFL draft for the first time in uh, franchise history. It's funny, you know, me being a Panthers fan, you know, g- kind of going through that new coach, new GM a few times, of course, with the one pick, um, you know, with Cam in 2011. Things can get pretty exciting quickly right after the Super Bowl. So, you know, one of the things that we like to do is kind of go beyond the box score in 2021. Obviously, the record speaks for itself, the draft pick. But, you know, what really happened in 2020 besides the Jaguars seemingly being the worst team in football? Yeah, well, what I, what I will start by saying is I don't think the Jaguars are a one-win bad team. I don't think they're good either. But I don't think anybody pretty much that was well-informed of the team, not necessarily national guys, but local guys would tell you they were about a five-win team, you know, something like that, five to six wins, maybe even four wins. So, you know, it was just a fact that some things just really didn't go their way. They had some injuries that hurt them. And, uh, you know, in a way that kind of played into their hand because it ran them right into Trevor Lawrence. And as we all have seen, you know, it's hard to acquire the first overall pick. The Jaguars would know because they've never had the first overall pick in, what, 26 years. So even when they, uh, you know, in their inaugural year, they didn't have the first overall pick. So this is the first time they've been able to do that. And that's that's telling because the Jaguars have been bad for a long time. And the fact that they managed to evade the first overall pick shows you just how hard it is to to do. And, um, you know, while it wasn't lucky for the players that got injured, it was lucky in a sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be able to land the first overall pick when it was needed the most, when Trevor Lawrence was entering the draft. So I'll say that about their record. So they kind of lucked into it, although they aren't a good team. And, uh, you know, that kind of led into the whole situation where, you know, Doug Marone was fired. 
uh, Dave Caldwell was fired. And, you know, they me, to me personally, neither one of them really stood a chance to make it through this season. Because even if you're looking at five wins, you know, like that's not significant improvement, you know, in terms of what we saw last year or a year before last, should I say so. You know, either way, I think I, I thought that they would be gone. And here we are. Um, they uh, they went with Urban Meyer and, uh, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about Urban Meyer, just what are your thoughts about the hire? Um, obviously, uh, Urban's had a ton of success everywhere he's been. Uh, when you talk about Bowling Green in Utah, I remember him with Alex Smith, and obviously most people will remember him for what he did with the Gators, especially in Florida, and then, of course, um, winning a national championship also in Ohio State. So just, just your thoughts about the hire and uh, some of his challenges, because uh, we already seen some so far. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people that listen to our podcast, the Believe in Jazz podcast, know that, um, you know, me and my co-host Phil, we were, you know, hoping more for like a enemy or Brian Dayball type in terms of that. And, um, you know, I think what it was is a case of when you look at ownership and Shad Khan, uh, to me, at least, he goes for the... Uh, you know, with Tom Coughlin, he went for a nostalgic hire. You know what I'm saying? He went for a big hire with that. And that's the same case with this. He's going for that same thing with Urban Meyer, somebody who the Florida community, as you said, is is familiar with. Um, and somebody who, you know, the whole nation is familiar with when you look at it from a college standpoint. Um, so, you know, that being said, uh, I would have went with somebody who was already in the professional realm. Uh, but in terms of of uh, Urban Meyer, the thing about it is like he's just been proven to be a winner everywhere he's been. I mean, in terms of the college realm, what he's like 800 or above 800 in terms of wins. So like he's proven from that aspect of it. And I think also that shot Khan really I think the way people are looking at it is that, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars hired a coach to get them out of wherever they've been for the last decade or whatever the case may be. But this is more so him hiring a overseer, a program overseer. And, you know, you, you can look at it from the standpoint of that's what Urban Meyer has done everywhere he's gone. He's changed the program, not just the team and the product on the field, but he's changed the program. And when I mean changing the program, I mean, like, you know, it just needed to be scrapped down because when you've lost so long, like the Jacksonville Jaguars have, something is wrong with the organization and not just the team. So from that standpoint, he's trying to get the organization right to uh, build it to where they can make the actual team and the product on the field win as well. So, you know, it's a, it's a situation where Urban Meyer is going to, you know, He's been sitting back and watching the league for so long, you know, out of, you know, basically he's been retired, but he's been working as a announcer. And, uh, you know, he's kind of been just picking things here and there that he wants to, uh, you know, implement. And he's got Daryl Bevel as one of his lieutenants, basically offensive coordinator. He's got Joe Cullen. So he's getting NFL guys to help him learn the NFL way and do things in an NFL manner. Mm hmm. And it's crazy when, you know, you talk about the, um, you know, how the Jaguars really record doesn't really show what they were. It's it's funny when you compare them with the Jets. The last last um, podcast we did was the Jets, which was a completely different situation. Just a very unmotivated team. You know, the Jaguars come out, win their first game, 
and lose out and you know you kind of see the the flip-flop of the Jets you know winning those two at the end of the end of the uh, season so a, a crazy roller coaster those teams kind of unexpectedly went on too and you know I, I think that you're right I mean you, you look at the Jaguars were close in a lot of those games against you know top teams you know Packers were in there and um you know it wasn't a uh it wasn't a all hope is lost kind of situation but you know off-season excitement now obviously built around the draft uh you know Trevor Lawrence obviously the big subject there but you know what's beyond pick number one because Jaguars one of the few teams that do have multiple picks in the first round um from the Ramsey trade right and you know one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of now with, with seeing the Wentz trade and everyone's talking about how quarterbacks drafted uh, in the first round of, uh, you know, since 2009 aren't, aren't on the same team anymore. And, you know, Leonard Fournette, like, can we just talk about th- that whole situation for a minute? Like, what is your take on on that? Because, you know, people like Will Brinson saying never, never draft a running back in the top 10. And now we're hearing the, you know, top 10 quarterbacks aren't, aren't, um, aren't panning out. Um, what are your thoughts on everything that happened with Fournette this year and how the season ended for him and, and what that did to the Jaguars, you know, draft outlook going forward? Yeah, I will say this. When we chose Leonard Fournette or when the Jags went with Leonard Fournette, I did not agree with that pick, taking a running back that high first and foremost. And I think what that boils down to, uh, you know, most people would say that sounded like something that Tom Coughlin definitely had his hand in. You look at Tom Coughlin's history, he loves running backs. He loves these bigger running backs. He loves uh, implementing his teams to where they are physical and, and you know, they're um, they're propelled by the run game, essentially. So uh, that felt like more like Tom Coughlin's doing than Dave Caldwell's doing, who, you know, as we all know, Dave Caldwell was the GM who was fired um, before uh, this year. And that being said, uh, with, with Fournette, though, I think, the trade was one that both sides won. And when I say both sides, I mean Fournette won in it. And also, I think the Jaguars won in it in a sense that, you know, when they got James Robinson, I believe it was something they saw in training camp to just alarm them. And look, I mean, Doug Marone has seen his share of good running backs to alarm them that, hey, James Robinson, this guy could be legit. I mean, yeah, you're, you're taking a leap of faith by believing in a undrafted rookie running back. But it paid off in the end, at the end of the day. And his season is better than, I mean, to me, better than anything we've seen Leonard Fournette do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, even in 2017. Because, I mean, Robinson eclipsed the four-yard per carry mark. And to me, and a lot of people, that's important. And that was something that Leonard Fournette could really never do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's not a knock on him or anything because he's talented himself. Uh, But... You know, that being said, um, you know, they traded him. And to me, that side of it kind of worked out for them because they got a young man in James Robinson who put up all of these astronomical figures for, you know, undrafted running backs. Because, I mean, he pretty much leads in every major running back category if you're looking at an undrafted guy. Uh, So, you know, that panned out. And, you know, Leonard Fournette ended up going to a place where, uh, you know, he's surrounded with all of these these figures that will get the better of him, that will get the best out of him. Tom Brady, you know, you, you line up in a huddle with Tom Brady, you're giving your all because you know he's going to give you a piece of his mind on the sideline. Uh, Bruce Arians is going to get the better out of Leonard Fournette. And we've heard the stories, you know, Leonard Fournette was upset about the playtime he was getting. And B.A. told him straight up like, hey, look, 
you know, just wait your time. And if you don't want to wait your time, then like, I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars never had figures on their roster like B.A. and like, uh, you know, Tom Brady to to kind of, you know, help. Uh, I, I don't want to say keep Leonard Fournette in check, but, you know, he wanted to be the featured guy here and it just wasn't going to work. And, you know, those figures over there are the types that will get the best out of him. And I think, you know, he's over there in a situation uh, that he probably should stay in and, and that he could flourish in for the future. So just kind of looking at the Jaguars uh, also in the draft, everybody expects them to take Trevor Lawrence at number one. But just what do you think? What else do you think the team needs to address as far as needs and uh, also uh, some potential players that maybe could help Jacksonville um, and this year, upcoming year. Yeah, so in terms of needs, I definitely would say offensive tackle is one of them because, uh, you know, you got to protect Trevor Lawrence to the best of your ability. I know Cam Robinson is, uh, you know, he this is uh, 2019 or excuse me, 2020 was a contract year for him. So they got to make a decision on if they want to keep him. I would franchise tag him personally because he hasn't shown the consistency in terms, but at times he's also been great in the in terms of the run game. So it's just showing more consistency as a pass protector. I would not make him a long term option yet until he proves that, uh, you know, he he deserves it or he uh, he proves otherwise. So offensive tackle is one, and this draft is you know a good offensive tackle class. So it, by franchise tagging Cam Robinson. You can also get his successor if you don't think, you know, he'll he'll play up to the standard that you need him to. So you could also like address, you know, offensive tackle in two ways uh, and, and pretty much set yourself up for the future by franchise tagging him. So that was one of them uh, in, in terms of defense. I would say safety and corner is one. They need another corner to start alongside C.J. Henderson uh, because they just couldn't get good play on that end on the opposite end of cj henderson although sydney jones was pretty solid the only issue with sydney jones was he just wasn't available in health and that's just kind of been the story of his career so you don't want to bank on even though you can bring him back in free agency you don't want to bank on him playing a whole 16 games and then safety uh you know gerard wilson needs a dance partner back there with him um because they had a carousel of um of, of safeties back there that are basically guys that belong on special teams. And it showed, you know, I think it was uh, Josh Jones they had back there at one point in time, Andrew Wingard. Both of those guys are special teamers when you look at, uh, like, who they truly are in terms of a player. And then, um, they, they struggled mightily alongside Gerard Wilson. And Wilson missed some games himself because he was injured. So safety would be another one in my book. So, so looking at you know obviously with with Lawrence being the uh, the likely pick here, um, where does that leave Gardner Minshew? Is that a? I know there's been a lot of talks about you know people thinking he's going to be moved or whatever, but you know I think him and Trevor Lawrence are my favorite like WWE looking tag team with their uh, <laughs> with their hair and uh, <laughs> that's at least fun. But you also have to think not to be. Um, you know, Debbie Downer here, but I mean, you look at what happened with the Bengals, you know, you do need, um, you know, you, you do need a, a good quarterback room. Where does Minshew fall and, and, or, or, or does he have a future with, with the Jaguars? Yeah. Well, with the way things are going with quarterbacks this year and the, the crazy 
um, offseason that we're going to see with quarterbacks. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody called and wanted to trade for him first and foremost. Um, but as you said, like, you know, you want to have a solidified backup quarterback position and Gardner Minshew as of last year register over a season's worth of games. You know, that's valuable. This guy has seen and you when you add up the total of the games that he started in, he's seen over a season worth of total starts. And, um, you know, that being said, uh, I would try and hang on to him. But, you know, you never know what one of these teams will call for and and offer you in terms of draft compensation or whatever the case may be. And if that's the case, you know, you can probably go in a free agency and, you know, you could get you, um, you know, a Tyrod Taylor or, or one of those guys, you know, to replace him. Uh, but, you know, again, it just depends on what what is offered for Minshew. Um, they definitely should try and keep him, though. But, you know, another thing is too, like, you know, history kind of shows when a guy uh, has the start to their career that Minshew has in terms of starts. A lot of times they don't remain with that team, uh, you know, the following year, you know, because a team again, as I said, a team will come calling, asking you to for a trade and they'll offer you something that you can't pass up. So a part of me doesn't believe he'll be on the roster, but if they could keep him, that's definitely a plus. Yeah, I mean, I think the Panthers saw that with Kyle Allen. Um, not that he was going to be a starter, but you know, I think that when you when you have a guy come in unexpectedly, um, yeah, you're you're at a much much higher risk of him playing on a different team the next year. So yeah, um, I guess my question is is to you, um, what do you see? How how much improvement can you see potentially Jacksonville making this year? I know you kind of alluded to it. You didn't think this nece- this necessarily was a one loss team last year. So uh, talk about how I mean, what's a realistic goal maybe for them um, in twenty twenty one? Well, the Jazz are in a, a weird year where they the stars just kind of align in terms of like having the best available resources to improve your team. And what I mean by that is they have the most salary cap in the league. And they, um, you know, they got Urban Meyer as well. They they basically, as I said, they got the driver's seat to Trevor Lawrence, a direct path to him. When you add all of those things into in the equation, and they also have 11 draft picks, which is not, I don't think that's the most, but that's close to the most um, in this draft. So, well, you add all of those into the equation and, you know, the fact that what four of those draft picks are in the top 45, something like that. Uh, when you add that into the equation, they can get significantly better relatively quickly. And, you know, we all know Ur- Urban Meyer isn't the type that likes to lose. So for him to take this job, he believes they can get better relatively quicker um, than, you know, some other coaches probably would. So. In terms of how I feel about it, you know, like it's still one win. So like for them to take a super leap where they're in the playoffs or like I'm, I'm not not quite ready to say that yet in terms of that. But I want to see what they want to do, uh, what they do in free agency and um, in the draft. Uh, but I do think they could win around right now if everything goes according to plan, at least. I'd say six to nine wins, something like that in that ballpark. Um, maybe even better. But again, we got to see what they do in the offseason. But they have a lot of resources that you typically like. This is the most and I'm not just saying this because I cover them, but this was the most 
appealing job that could be offered to somebody that the Jaguars have ever been able to offer? Like how many jobs have you seen where you say, hey, we're going to give you a direct path to Trevor Lawrence, the most cap space in the NFL, 11 draft picks, four of which right. are top 45 picks. A team could get very good off of that uh, relatively fast. The question is, how how much better can they get with those resources? Yeah. And, you know, winning in the NFL starts in your division, too. The AFC South is uh, certainly interesting, even as of yesterday, with Wentz going to the Colts. Uh, but, hey, James, we uh, we are up on the clock here. Thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on again. Uh, James Johnson, he's over at SportsGrind underscore Don on Twitter. Uh, the Jaguars, why are USA Today? And, again, check out the, the podcast, Believe in the Jaguars podcast, and all eyes are on Jacksonville come uh, the NFL draft and we'll hopefully talk to you again uh, right around then.